Welcome to Guys in Shorts FC, presented by Guys in Shorts Sports Los Angeles. I am Eric, the Portuguese Hammer Vieira, and joining me as always, well, for the second time, it is Victor <laughs> Castello. Yep, that would be me. <laughs> so just a, a little background, if you're tuning in for the first time, uh, last time we got together, I think it was after a rainy night in Trinidad and Tobago. Uh. Uh, uh. <laughs> recorded an emergency show. Uh, but basically, we're, you know, if, if you're just joining us, we're a Southern California based soccer podcast. We're going to be covering the LA Galaxy, LAFC, United States national teams, uh, exploring all that Southern California has to offer with its rich history with the sport of soccer or football or whatever you call it. As long as you're kicking that round ball, that's what we care about. <laughs> so, so, so that's what we're going to be bringing to you. Uh, it's going to be something that, that grows uh, as we grow because this is going to be something new to us. We want to try to be uh, kind of a unique voice. We don't want to give you the same thing that you can get anywhere else. So we want to try to do something a little bit unique. So that's going to be what we're going for. Uh, you can follow us on Twitter at GIS Soccer Show. Or you can follow the flagship show, which is where we come from, which is the Guys in Shorts Sports Los Angeles show, where we cover all other Los Angeles sports. And you can follow uh, them or us. You know, we live multiple lives here uh, at Guys in Shorts LA <laughs> on Twitter or on Instagram. It's at Guys in Shorts Sports. So that's where we're at. That's what we're focusing on. Big week. Opening week. MLS is back. We are back. Woo! This week, we'll be recapping opening weekend in MLS with the inaugural league match for LAFC up in Seattle, and then we'll also be recapping the home opener for the revamped Los Angeles Galaxy. So without further ado, let's jump right into it. So LAFC, Vic, your thoughts on your new beloved club? (laughs) Uh, you know what? Before I go into my notes here, I, I just wanted to to say that man, what a feeling! I, to go into the territory of the Seattle Sounders and to eke out a win, no matter what kind of win it was, is just uh, it, it's a joyful feeling. It, it really is, and I it for this for this club for this team for these fans the, to get that win on the road in the first game is just simply amazing. So very proud of the guys uh, that were able to pull that that went off. Um, that being said, um, let's go ahead and go over some of the uh, notes for the game itself. The goal scoring actually got going pretty early. Uh, I believe in the uh, 11th minute, uh, Diego uh, Rossi got a nice little pass from Carlos Vela and <laughs> yeah. uh, buried it. I mean, he just he nailed it. He, he nailed it and buried it in the back of the net. It was really a beautiful strike. Um, I'm sure the, the LAFC crowds everywhere that we're watching it were going nuts. Uh, unfortunately, I, I wasn't with them, which is kind of <laughs> sad. I, say, um, I was going nuts, and I'm not even an LAFC fan. And I think <laughs> if if you are an LAFC fan, that had to be a sight, uh, <sighs> you know, to see because you're two designated players, the guys who you are building the backbone of this franchise around connect on just a, a beautiful a beautiful pass yeah. and and goal and strike so it, oh. it was a perfect start to the season for them absolutely and i have a feeling you're going to be hearing those two names together a lot uh, uh, yeah, th- yeah. this upcoming season um <laughs> <laughs> uh it, it's uh yeah i mean it, it couldn't have gone better it was a nice little quick you know one two pass to the uh to uh to uh, you know Rossi cutting through the middle buried it in the back of the net was really nice you know everybody went nuts at least on the LAFC side um 
so a few of the other notes that I was taking was, uh, man, this guy from Belgium, this Laurent Simon, I, I believe that's how you say his name. <laughs> yep, yep. Um, the he, real deal. He, he's the real deal. <laughs> I mean, he was a rock in the back. Uh, you could see him, you know, that line, that back line took a lot of pressure in this game. Uh, the Seattle Sounders, I think, uh, when I was looking over the stats, they had won every offensive category there is yeah, uh, that exists. Right. After watching the game, you, you, you saw that. Uh, Seattle just kept coming and kept coming. They kept but, yeah, coming, but, yeah. Yeah, but Simon definitely came up big. And then uh, the goal, your goalkeeper as well, oh, Tyler Miller. Tyler I mean, Miller, Matt, he, had, he, had, he, had a, he had something against Seattle uh, for this game, <laughs> for yeah. letting him go. Yeah. He brought um, a little extra with him, yeah. <laughs> oh, he did. He had some amazing saves. So in those two guys, you know, in the back was was simply amazing and, and Laurent one of the things that I don't, I don't think people most people will realize about him at least in this game was he kept that back line together um he seemed like he was very good at organizing that that back line i mean they they did bend um but they never broke uh and they were under constant pressure especially in the second half i felt like um that that second half was pretty crazy i don't know yeah, how yeah. seattle yeah didn't you almost score. had you had the feeling that seattle was going to Tie it up at some point. I mean, you, you right. just they just kept bringing it, and and then credit to LAFC for not letting them break to break through. Yeah, yeah. So you know, those are those are my my high points of, of the game. Um, you know, there are some caveats. Uh, obviously, <laughs> the uh, Sounders were not fielding. You know, their starting rosters, uh, Clint Dempsey and Chad Marshall, were both out. I think there was seven changes in all um, yes. that were made to this starting lineup. So obviously. Um, but still, I mean, it's Seattle Sounders at home. It's not an easy <laughs> place. Just, I think that was their first loss in 10 months at home. Yeah. I, so regardless think, of the team that's out there, they're hard to beat there. Yeah. And when I was listening, uh, I was listening to a little bit of it on the radio and they said, in the last, um, six mass matches, Seattle ha- outscored their opponent like 19 to zero or something like that. <laughs> so, you know, just the fact that they end a streak like that, but I am glad that you brought it up. You know, that's a good LAFC fan self-reporting that this wasn't a, a full-blown <laughs> no. Seattle Sounders, you know, on, on full tilt team. Uh, they were resting their guys. They have a champ, CONCACAF Champions League yeah. game coming up. So they're resting some of their players. So LAFC, good for you. Well done. But pump the brakes because it was against, you know, a little bit of a weakened a depleted Seattle team. side. Yeah. yeah. A, d- a totally depleted Seattle side. And, um... What also worries me is is although the midfield seemed to play well defensively, they seem they didn't really have any kind of offensive spark, in, at least that I could really tell in the midfield. I might have missed something while I was watching the game, but I never felt like uh, the midfield was involved offensively that much. Um, you know, once they got the ball up to the to their two forwards, yeah, the um, wings just kind of the blessing was all over the yeah. place, yeah. Yeah, so that that kind of worries me. Although that's something that I think can be worked out, um, especially since it was a depleted Seattle, you know, Sounders team. That's it's it's a little bit worrisome. Um, mm-hmm. But uh, you know, I mean, it, hey, it's their first game together, um, <laughs> and uh, you know, it was a it was a great win, and i and I'll take it. You know, you you can't nice. take away that win as of right now. They're undefeated, and uh, <laughs> stop stop we, the season now. I think one of my start, favorite. Yeah. Yeah, one of my favorite tweets that I saw is, is you, you got to love MLS Twitter because it just overreactions are abound <laughs> at, at every corner. And it, it just, you know, the second the final whistle blow, you see LAFC are going to win the MLS Cup. 
up. And it's it just, you love stuff like that. After one game, they score one goal and it's over. The season's over. End it right now. Yeah. Good stuff. Good stuff. All right. Well, in, in the uh, Guys in Shorts podcast, I'm kind of known as the stats guy and the useless stats guy. So I'm going to mix all that up right now. I'm not oh, even going to point out what's useless and what's not, what's, what is useless. But there were some weird, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Coincidences, I guess. So I'm going to start out there. Uh, the uh, LAFC was the first expansion team to win its inaugural game with a shutout since the Seattle Sounders did it in 2009, <laughs> which there is kind of go. interesting, That's, right? That and is interesting. <laughs> Diego Rossi scored the fastest goal by an expansion team in its first game. You'll never guess who he beat. He, bre- he beat Freddie Montero, uh, who scored <laughs> in 2009 for... Everyone you guessed it, the Seattle Sounders. Seattle Sounders, there we go. <laughs> That's right. Uh, and the other weird thing about this whole uh, you know, uh, game today was uh, they were actually the second MLS expansion team to win its first game on the road since the 1998 <clears throat> Chicago Fire. Um, Who was I'll coached guess. by? Yeah. Say it all together, <laughs> Bob Bradley. So, yeah, there are some weird coincidences out there and stuff. Um, and as far as um, – I also wanted to let people, uh, what's the word? Um, you know, if you're going to go into trivia uh, and they're going to ask you go, you know, questions regarding the uh, LAFC, so I'm, I'm going to help you guys win your trivia <laughs> where, next time, LAFCs. Coming P.S. Up. Where, okay. Wherever you're going to, to, to get trivia about LAFC, yeah, invite <laughs> me because I want to know, I want to find this fictional place where the unicorns are and – Oh, more. it's had a gold. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's gonna happen, and I'm gonna help you win. So it's uh, we went over the first goal. Diego Rossi is actually the first you know goal scorer for LAFC. So if that ever comes up, but if they ever ask who assisted on it, it was actually a double assist. It was both Carlos Vela and Mark Anthony K were uh, credited with the assist. So you can actually win uh, some good prize money with that one. <laughs> the first Say yellow this card. Isn't hockey. <laughs> the first, <laughs> the first yellow card in uh, LAFC history went to Benny. Good old Benny Philhaber. Yeah. You got to love that guy. And <laughs> you love that guy. <laughs> right? I mean, who doesn't? I mean, he has a great name. <laughs> if you can't love Benny Fellhaber, I mean, come on. And the first um, uh, substitution out came Marco Urena. Urena. Sorry. I forgot the Enya right there. <laughs> yeah, you, you and Chris uh, Rukin Heritage is shining yes. right here. Ah, Jesus, I tell you. And in came Tristan Blackman. So those are the pieces of trivia that's going to help you guys win the LAC <laughs> trivia next time you're at the bar. And you can thank me when it happens. Duly noted. <laughs> yeah, so that was my quick uh, LAFC. Uh, the, the thing that I really wanted to come across was just the the joyful the joyfulness of this game for LAFC fans. You know, I was going through Reddit and Twitter and stuff, and a lot of them are – uh, going overboard as far as you know how good they played because yeah <laughs> I mean they they played good enough yeah uh, they held on it's one uh, game. but you know yeah it's it's one game and they weren't you know they didn't come out like gangbusters controlling the tempo controlling the pace they didn't do any of that so uh, hopefully that's to come in the next you know few games they'll be able to figure that out but for now let's just bask in the glory of the <laughs> win. And and that was you know a, a cool shot is at the end of the game they showed the owners all together and and that was oh, pretty cool to see them all. Did celebrating. you see that, how many owners cool. were in there? They could barely move. <laughs> like, that was crazy. Yeah, that had that suite well packed. Uh, normally it's like you know it's a guy and his husband or sorry guy <laughs> yeah, and hey, his well, wife. You know, 
We don't uh, judge here. It'll happen. It'll judge. happen yeah. sooner or later. But most of yeah. the time, it's a, you know, it's it's an old man, old, old white dude, and, and his wife, and they're you know, kiss each other because they won. <laughs> this was like twenty five people in one little box, you know, that could barely move. It was crazy. Nice. Well, I think it's a winning weekend in Los Angeles, so we're going to move on to the LA Galaxy, who won their home opener nice. two to one uh, against the Portland. Timbers. So Los Angeles, Southern California <laughs> definitely owned the Pacific Northwest. That's right. This That's weekend. Right. So uh, I'm just, you know, Suck similar it. to the LAFC update, suck at Pacific Northwest. <laughs> Keep your beanies in your, in your flannel and get yeah. lost. Get out of yeah, here. Get out of here. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, you know, we're going to try to keep it short with the updates. If you want to dig deep in the updates, there's a lot of other, um, you know, things that you can do to do that. So we just want to go with some quick takeaways. Uh, my first takeaway is lucky bounces. Last season, the Galaxy, as everyone knows, if you're listening to this, uh, the Galaxy had the worst season in their history, and it just seemed like they couldn't get anything to go their way. And tonight, uh, Ola, Kamara, Ola Kamara got a scrappy goal where he's oh. you know digging and getting a, a rebound, yeah, and that, that goes nice. in. Yeah, Allison Drini's getting some hustle. Ball bounces off the post, and then it lands right back to him so he could tap it in. And it just seems like last season, we never really got those bounces. The bounces never really went our way. So the fact that these bounces are going our way, uh, that's a good sign. I think from the beginning of the game, and you could probably hear it in my voice, I was at the game, so I'm a little <laughs> hoarse uh, from yelling at the referee. But um, – but, you know, it seemed like Portland was controlling most of the game. And then once the Galaxy scored that first goal, then it seemed like things started clicking and those bounces started to go their way and, and they, they looked good. So, you know, it could have very easily been, um, you know, Portland up two or three goals by the time the Galaxy got that goal, but they were able to hang on and hold it together and they, they were able to get those um, bounces to go their way. The other takeaway was Emma Boateng was man of the match for me. He he was involved in the build up to both of both of the Galaxy's goals. He created his own chances. Um he, you know his work ethic and his drive just are, are unbelievable. The guy is just giving it 110% all of the time. Um the only in yeah, the second half he, he did have yeah, he did have a couple opportunities where he sent the ball to the moon and, <laughs> and, and but but those things can be forgiven when you have work ethic and the guy basically, you know, was involved in, in the setting up the first two goals. So I don't think anyone could fault him for, um, you know, for those missed opportunities. Hopefully as the season goes on, this is something that he can work on. And if he, if he can get the ball on target, he's, he's a threat. <laughs> he is a serious, serious threat right now. He's a threat in the speed that he brings on the wings and being able to he assist causes problems. He just causes yeah, and, problems. Yeah. He, he's setting guys up right now. But he could very easily be not only the one who sets people up, but, to, you know, takes care of business on his own. So my last kind of takeaway ties into that because Boateng, like I said, sent a couple of, uh, you know, balls into the cheap seats. And Giovanni Dos Santos is someone who did something similar. He really couldn't get it going, but he didn't show that work ethic. He didn't show that drive. And, and he's been an easy target for a lot of LA Galaxy fans to kind of crap all over because he's not really showing the quality that a DP signing should be as the highest paid player. And he, he didn't show it today. I'm just not seeing it for a guy who's making the most money on the team. He's just not, 
He's not bringing that. You know, you see it with his brother, with Jonathan Dos Santos, who's hustling. You see it with Perry Kitchen, who's in there, you know, breaking plays up. You see even Michael Ciani, you know, a guy who was questionable, uh, you know, last season and, and coming into this season. And he, he played, he played a decent game. Uh, I thought he was a perfect foil for Fernando Adi, um, from Portland, who's just a big, a big dude. You have right. Ciani, who's a big dude who basically was able to body him up and, and was the match. For him, but but Giovanni dos Santos did not impress, and Siggy Schmidt pulled him and subbed him out As in he the seventy first minute, and, yeah. and I think that that is going to be something to keep an eye on because if Siggy is pulling him, and it's not due to injury, it's not due to something else. Before he's taking him off before Emma Boateng, who last season. Emma Boateng was the guy who came off first, you know, it seemed like at every game, but he's taking Gio off first. You know, Alessandrini was subbed earlier because of an injury, but basically Giovanni was the first sub. So Siggy is saying, you're not getting it done. Let me get you off the field. And that's going to be something that we need to watch for. Because is Giovanni going to use this as as a motivation or is he going to kind of sulk? Because I'm not a body language expert, but I, I kind of saw him. He looked like he was sulking, like he was upset. He's a sulker. Yeah. I, so this, a sulker, yeah. this could break him. So we'll see. Yeah. Well, this is going to be something to keep an eye on moving forward. Nice. I have a question. All right, was that, go for was it. That, was that first goal scored off of his stomach? Uh, you know, I, I don't care. <laughs> because, no, <laughs> I mean, brand I'm more – I'm more impressed that it was because there's not many people on this planet that can say they scored a goal off off of their stomach. So, I yeah. I was I was impressed with that first goal. Yeah, I'm not one to one up you, Vic, but I'm going to do it. <laughs> I've actually scored with my stomach. I've got you know quite quite the belly, and sometimes you just you put yourself in the right place at the right time, and that ball takes the right bounce off your belly, and and you're hey, there. Whatever it takes. So, yeah. So whatever, whatever it, takes, it takes. So, <laughs> so you know I, I'm. Putting himself in position, I think, is the thing. So if you can that's get the most important. A, a, yeah. a, a tone, a toenail on it, an earlobe, whatever you can do to get a, that ball in the net, you got to do what you got to do it, and that's what the Galaxy did today. Yeah, friend of the show, Eddie Lewis. When when I when I remember when he was playing in um, all the way back in AYSO, that's what he was known for is uh, putting himself in, in that position to school. I mean. I'm sure he has in his <laughs> illustrious career, but he was known for, you know, being in the right posi- right, right position at the right time uh, to get those goals. He was always, you know, uh, he was that kind of a player. So, yes. yeah, it totally makes a difference. You, you need those guys there. You do. So, you really do. Yeah, so that, that wraps up our winning weekend in Los Angeles. What a weekend. Yes. What an opening weekend. Glorious. An MLS play, LAFC, first ever win. Shock Seattle, and even as a Galaxy fan, it's nice to see Seattle lose. And even if it is our, our <laughs> crosstown rival, it's it's just nice to see them lose. That's um, so true. And, and then the Galaxy kind of riding the ship. It seems. I mean, there's definitely room that, room for improvement from but what that was I saw. A quality but, win. Quality yeah, it's win. Three points. I, I think it was You're a starting the season win. with three yeah. points. Yeah. So that that kind of wraps up our team updates. So moving on. We are going to move to our next segment. Do we call it a segment? A bit? Yeah, uh, whatever you want. <laughs> a theme? Yeah. <laughs> a vignette? <laughs> our, for our next vignette. A vignette. So, uh, <laughs> in addition to kind of uh, recapping the goings-on in the week of L.A. soccer or Southern California soccer, we also want to bring, like, a story of the week. And that's going to be in the form of a guest 
or the form of some story or giving you some history, some background of something going on in the Southern California soccer culture. And so this week, our story of the week, what else could it be other than LAFC? With their debut this weekend, we want to do a little bit of a deep dive. You may know, you you may not know. You This is something where maybe you're new to the sport and you're kind of downloading us and learning more about the game with us. Or maybe, uh, you know, you've been a lifelong fan of the sport and this is hopefully just getting some more information, maybe some things that you didn't know. So we just want to do a deep dive on LAFC. Who are they? Why are they here? Why are they bothering me? And what do we need to know about them moving forward? Yeah, and for you, LA, and for you, LA Galaxy fans, we're going to go through this as fast as possible, and uh, maybe even uh, give you guys some ammo the next time. Uh, you know, you mean an LAFC fan? Who knows? I'm sure you guys come up with something. Oh, so, yes. um, well, let's go ahead and get started. On October 30th, 2014, uh, MLS awarded Los Angeles a new expansion team. Now, this uh, there are some people that you know will bring up Chivas USA in this discussion. Um, oh, it's that we're less than thirty seconds in. We've got Chivas USA already in the yeah. mentions. Oh, they're here. It. They're here. They're probably here to stay, <laughs> uh, unfortunately. But because uh, it was just three three days after Chivas USA uh, folded, uh, dissolved, whatever you want to call it, and mm-hmm. um, the, there's also some comparisons to the supporter groups. Uh, there's some connections that can be made, but I'm here to say uh, this is not Chivas USA. <laughs> this is that was, a, that was a genuine cough. I wasn't trying yeah. to, you know, yeah. slap, yeah, slap right. you. Whatever. <laughs> um, but, uh, you know, whatever. LAFC, Chivas USA, eh, whatever. I didn't like Chivas USA, <laughs> so I'm not going to bring them up anymore unless I'm forced to. Um so the Los Angeles Football Club was actually a placeholder name. Uh, Buzz started to grow. They started naming other, you know, uh, owners and stuff, which included Matty Johnson, uh, good old Nomar Garcia Parra, and his lovely wife Mia Hamm. Um, yeah, so that's how uh, basically the, the the actual club started. And I, I think that's an important distinction to make because uh, between Chivas USA dissolving and then. Uh, LAFC being awarded an MLS franchise. I think there's a lot of dots being connected there, but it goes without saying that Chivas USA, I think when people look back on it, it was a failure for major league soccer. Um, The fact that they were, they were trying to be an MLS club, but you know, parading around like a a Mexican league side, it just, it just, it just didn't work. So, so even if you, you know, didn't like the team, but felt like LA could still use a second team. There's a market here for two teams. I think there's room for two teams to be here in Los Angeles. And just the fact that they're separating and it's not Chivas USA, even if it's something as simple as LAFC, the fact that they are trying to separate themselves from that identity was a good thing. I think that's what they needed. Totally, 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 totally. So kind of following in the timeline, after being awarded uh, the franchise in October of 2014 and May of 2015, the ownership group announced that it's going to build a new soccer-specific stadium in the heart of Los Angeles at the site of the LA Sports Arena located next to the Coliseum. So the beloved sports arena, which you know was home to many 
many a Clipper game back in the oh, day. Oh, yeah. And, uh, I went to a couple. other events. <laughs> so, uh, you know, that was torn down, or it was the plans were to tear it down and to put up a new 22,000-seat stadium that was going to be the, the jewel in the crown of uh, Major League Soccer with a state-of-the-art facility, a museum. It was just going to be all the way to the max, uh, a soccer-specific stadium. So right there in Exposition Park, next to the Coliseum, in the heart of Los Angeles, downtown LA, and this was going to be the next step and LAFC making their mark. Yeah, what and and what a lovely step it was. I mean, uh, <laughs> seeing the pictures now, I mean, it really does look like a beautiful stadium. So I'm excited to actually go see it. Um, following that, in January of 2016, the club revealed their name, crest, and colors at, of all places, Union Station, uh, which is very, if you're not from Los Angeles and you're listening to this podcast, that's our closest that we can get to Grand Central Station. It's uh, iconic. It's an iconic it is, location. It is pretty iconic for L.A., yeah, for sure. The uh, Art Deco-inspired uh, design with the base colors of black and gold and the monogram L.A., with it, which is, I love honestly, on the background of the shield inspired by the seal of the city of Los Angeles. Um, there are some people, you know, that say it's a, it's a weird combination of the old angels wings, the Anaheim <laughs> angels and uh, LA Dodgers and whatever. The, old Dis- the Disney days, angels. Yes, logo, the yeah. Disney days, Disney <laughs> days, angels. Yes. Um, and according to the team's website, the, the wing was actually a nod uh, to the winged Eagle, uh, a symbol of the sun for the Aztecs, which is obviously, uh, a nod to the earlier uh, professional team that was here with the Los Angeles Aztecs. I put professionals in air quotes, um, <laughs> but they were, they were a fun team to watch. I remember um, the, the Aztecs and I don't know if I ever went to go watch them. I think I, I may have gone to one game, but I, as you get older, your memory tends to fade and <laughs> it might be mixed in with another team, but I could have sworn I went to see them play. Yeah. And, and I don't want to, you know, Make fun of you, Vic. But of course, I want to make fun of you, Vic. Uh, uh, yeah. The, the, the Los Angeles Aztecs, I actually remember my dad and my grandpa telling me stories about how when they went to go watch George Best and the LA Aztecs. Uh, you know, and, and, it, 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 when I saw that the, the wing was a nod to the Aztecs, I mean, it, it wasn't everything. They had a lot of other descriptions that went along to it, but I thought right. that was pretty cool to recognize that history. Oh, totally. And, and it ties in if we're going to talk about celebrity owners. I believe Elton John was a celebrity owner of the LA Aztecs <laughs> at one time. So yeah, just it's just a perfect a perfect marrying of the two. Yeah, and you, you know what team I know I saw for sure, and I don't know if you rem- if you remember this team, but do you remember the Los Angeles Salsa? I do remember the LA Salsa. Yes, they had, do, they had, I, and go ahead. I was I was gonna say they had a Brazilian midfielder named Paulinho. I actually, yeah i <laughs> I had awesome. an LA Salsa T shirt. Yeah, I'm all oh. about the. Those oh, obscure it's teams. It's good stuff. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Oh, man. So, after, um, in January of 2016, revealing their club name, their crest, their colors, uh, they went about a year kind of, you know, being proud of that. And then in July of 2017 is when the action actually started happening. Uh, they signed Bob Bradley. He was announced as the first head coach of LAFC. Uh, Bradley is going to bring his experiences from coaching the United States and Egyptian men's national teams. Uh, he also had stints in the Norwegian and French league and then a short tenure with the English premiership side, Swansea City. Uh, and that's all in addition to his history coaching in MLS. Um, so we mentioned 
1998, he coached the Chicago Fire in their inaugural season. He actually led them to a championship in their inaugural season. He also had a few stops after that in the New York, New Jersey Metro Stars, who are now Red Bull New York. And then, of course, Chivas USA. So for a club that is trying to distance themselves from Chivas USA, hiring a former coach, um, you know, may have raised some eyebrows, but there's no question that Bob Bradley brings a pedigree to this club and a, a, a forward, for sure, a forward way of thinking uh, that that is probably going to bring success for this club moving forward. Yeah, not bad, not bad at all. Um, a month later, actually, after after all, oh wait, you know what? Let me rewind here a little bit. Can I just say really quick that I have a love-hate relationship with the uh, announcing of people who are now LAFC team members with the hat? <laughs> All right. Are we going to talk about the hat? All right. Yeah, let's do just it. Just really quick. Just really quick. <laughs> I, I have a love-hate. I love it and I hate it at the same time. I, I don't know what to think of it. <laughs> <laughs> I think Sometimes it's, it's it comes be- off as cheesy. <laughs> yeah. Well, it definitely comes off cheesy now. I think – I don't know if when they announced Bob Bradley, I mean, I think it was kind of like this big reveal is going to be this big secret. And, yeah. and I get what they were trying to do, but then it kind of became a meme of itself. Yeah. Uh, they should have stopped with Bob. <laughs> yeah. Every time after that, you know, someone lifted the hat and it, just, it I think it became almost like a joke, you know, because even yeah. when they had their draft, they had, pull, had all their yeah, draft exactly. picks on stage and they all did the slow head lift. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. <laughs> and every, <laughs> so it, it is a little cheesy, but I think they're they're trying to play like they're in on the joke. Yeah, and, I hope, hopefully, and, and, hopefully, yeah, and so we'll see if if they actually are. That's actually my wife's favorite part of the World Cup or or any sporting event is when they show the players and they do like the turn to the camera where they, they yes. lift their head or their yes. their back is facing and they turn around and fold their arms. Yes. I, I would watch a sixty minute documentary on how they make those. Coming next week on, the, like, on this podcast. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, all right, turn around. Now turn around and just look yeah. at the camera and fold your arms. All right, thank you. Moving on. Uh, okay. uh, it's speaking fascinating. of moving on, let's move on. We're off, off the um, rails. We're off the rails. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyways, a, a month later in August, they announced their signing of their first designated player, which uh, ended up being Carlos Vela, which uh, he's a Mexican, inter- Mexican international. That he was coming off a five-year tenure with Real Sociedad in Spain. Um, and he played 183 games and scored 53 goals. Uh, I thought this was a great pickup with him to pick up Mexican, start off with the Mexican national, um, especially being here in LA. So, uh, I thought that was a great, uh, you know, designator spot that they did there. No problems there. I liked it. Yeah. So, so what, what are your thoughts on that? Because, um, this is something that we've actually seen duplicated happen in 1998 with Chicago. Chicago has a huge, um, Polish population, and one of the players that they brought in was uh, Peter Novak. So, did you take this as pandering, or do you think if as long no. as it's a skilled player, it's a good thing? Yeah, uh, the marketing totally. piece of it. What are your thoughts on that? Yeah, no, I, I, I'm all on board with it. You know, the uh, Jorge Camposes of the world deserve to play in the MLS. So, um, <laughs> I think I'm just uh, I'm bitter because. I think I'm just bitter because uh, João Pedro is my Portuguese signing, and and he's just not living up to the hype. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, It'll happen. It'll happen, Eric. It'll It'll turn. We're going to get our our marquee Portuguese signing soon. Yes. (laughs) Uh, So shortly after, just a couple months after announcing 
Carlos Vela to LAFC. They announced the signing of their second designated player, Diego Rossi. And those are, you know, two names that we mentioned earlier collaborating on a goal. And yeah. this, this was a, a, not a bit of a surprise, but just a move in a different direction, especially with where the league is going. He's only 19 years old. He's a Uruguayan coming off of a 10 goal season uh, from Pinarol in Uruguay. He helped them win a Uruguayan championship. And I think this just shows that, you know, the idea of getting old, retired European-based players is kind of an older way of thinking in Major League Soccer. And this is a move where we are going to go after a young kid, uh, someone with more potential than he has experience, and we're going to go all in and hope that he is the backbone of this franchise and the goal scorer for this team. So I thought that, you know, the one-two punch of getting it, the experience of someone like Carlos Vela and then following it up, with a young gun who could possibly be, you know, a star in this league and a star in the soccer world, really, if he, if he takes off from here. This could be just yeah. a jumping-off point for yeah, him. exactly. Um, so I thought that's a, a great one-two punch for them to to kick off their their two initial designated player signings. Yeah, that was, uh, yeah, exactly what you said. I couldn't have said it any better <laughs> than what you said right now, so I'm not going to even try. Uh, well, I, thank I you. do like... I do like um, the potential that this kid has, so we'll we'll see if it if it uh, pans out or not. But I think it will. Uh, at least I hope I will. Uh, anyways, <laughs> <laughs> um, there were some other you know big signings like Benny Fellhaber and, and Walker Zimmerman, who you know was going to uh, solidify that that you know uh, defense back there. So, um, but other than that, I mean, uh, today was our first glimpse of uh, what the LAFC is about. And um, like I said in my in my recap, although it wasn't the best start uh, to a team, uh, they did what they needed to do to win. And uh, upcoming, their first home match is actually going to be at the Bank of California Stadium, which is a stadium we talked about earlier. And it's going to be on April 29th, 2018 versus, can you say it with me? The Seattle, the Seattle Sounders. <laughs> there we go. Uh, which just goes back to this whole weird, uh, uh, you know, connections things that I we were yeah. talking about earlier. But, wheels uh, with yeah. wheels. Yeah, yeah. But uh, yeah, that's our little history on the LAFC. Obviously, we just touched on on some stuff. We didn't go, uh, you know, full on. Uh, what's the name of that? You know, the history podcast where the guy does like two and a half hours. <laughs> oh, I yeah, what it's called? Hardcore history, right? Yes. Then, uh, yeah. yeah, yeah. He, if yeah. you want the full on LAFC yeah. history, go yeah. listen to that. Um, that would have involved. Yeah, that would have involved looking into like Bob Bradley's tax records and, you know, Will Ferrell's hair samples, DNA samples, what heritage he's from. And we uh, just didn't have the time or the budget for that. So we gave no. you the, the broad strokes, the history, a brief history, <laughs> the annotated history yes, of, uh, yes. of LAFC. <laughs> there you go. Well done, sir. Well done. <laughs> All right. So that brings us close to the end of our show. Uh, in addition to giving you recaps of what happened in the week, a story of the week, or a guest giving you some information, we also want to end each show with a prediction of what will go down uh, next week. And we wanted to do that in true guys in shorts fashion. Uh, one of our, our favorite bits or segments or vignettes or whatever we're, <laughs> we're going to refer to this. we're going to go with vignette <laughs> Vignettes. I just love yeah. it. It sounds, yeah. it sounds very fancy. Um, yeah. Not, you know, one of our, <laughs> it sounds the opposite of us. So we're going to do it. 
But bold predictions is something that we do over on the flagship show. And bold predictions is just a fun bit that we do. We predict what's going to happen in an upcoming season or an upcoming week. And we try to give some honest feedback of what's going on. But we also like to throw in some things that are going to be off the wall or some things uh, that are a little bit outside you know, of the norm, but the still might be in the yeah, but it still might be in the realm of possibility. Uh, for, so, you know, for example, this week our predictions were, uh, you know, LAFC Victor actually predicted that LAFC was going to lose, yeah, uh, two yeah. to zero to Seattle, yeah. and then our our bold prediction was going to be that ESPN mentions Will Ferrell more than they mention Walker Zimmerman. And uh, that one actually came true before the game even started. Yeah, before the game. I was going to say, that one actually happened. (laughs) Yeah, because (laughs) on the broadcast, they brought Will Ferrell in to talk (laughs) to the announcers, and then Walker Zimmerman was announced that he was being scratched from the lineup. So it's like, well, I was being silly, but that actually came true. Yeah. So that that was, uh, you know, our bold prediction. Yeah, good stuff. And then then for the Galaxy – uh, I'm going to, you know, pat myself on the back here. The hammer nailed it right on yeah, the head. Well LA Galaxy 2, Portland 1. Uh, my bold prediction was off just by a hair. I said <laughs> that Zlatan was going to land in a hot air balloon and announce that he's joining the club in June. It didn't quite go down that way. Um, <laughs> but again, that's that gives you an idea of what bold predictions are. So, uh, Vic, next up, LAFC plays on Saturday. March 10th, 12.30 p.m. at Real Salt Lake. What are your predictions? Uh, you know, I'm going to predict that the the midfield actually uh, has a better game this time around. And uh, I'm going to predict a 1-1 tie. 1-1 tie uh, on the road against Real Salt Lake. Um, I think that's fair. Uh, right. Yeah. That's what I'm going to go with. I have a feeling uh, they're they're going to that you know the defense is actually going to buckle for for one play, and Real Salt Lake is going to um, uh, you know capitalize on that one mistake, and we're going to go uh, one one. Nice. Any any anything bold? Anything out there? Um, on the surface of your mind. You know what? Uh, oh, oh, I'll give you a bold prediction. Um, a goalkeeper is going to score. Uh, next week wow that is bold i'm not i'm not gonna say which one but one of them (laughs) is gonna score and and we're gonna do a caveat it if it bounces off of a goalie's hands or fingers that counts as a goalkeeper scoring yeah Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. (laughs) (laughs) oh man so uh following that up i'm gonna give you the la galaxy prediction they play next sunday so the day after lasc so you could split up these games if you'd like they play at 2 p.m pacific time against nycfc at Yankee Stadium, and uh, I'm also that, going that to predict. Sound as good. That doesn't sound as good as LAFC. I just wanted to throw that in there. Yeah, it's too NYFC, much to say. One too many letters. One too many yeah. C's. One too many letters. Yeah. Um, but I, I'm also going to pick a one-one draw. That's my my <laughs> prediction. You know this. You know they say when you know people hang out with their pets too long, they start to look like their pets. This is like you know we've been podcasting for t- too many episodes. We start we're, so we're going to start just say, repeating each other. You Seriously. know, a snake eating its own tail. Yeah, um, yep. But I think I think traveling across country might be difficult on this Galaxy team. They showed some weaknesses today, and um, Portland wasn't able to make them pay completely for the mistakes they made. But whenever you have David Villa on the other side, he's going to make you pay for those mistakes. So yeah. I, I don't see um, the Galaxy coming away necessarily victorious. So that's why I'm going to go with a 1-1 draw. Um, hopefully Ola Kamara, 
Kamara gets back in, in the scoring realm, he gets going. Uh, but I'm not going to say that they're going to lose this game either. So that's why I want to give it the draw. My bold prediction is that the baseball field is going to play a pivotal role in the match. I think the dirt mound or the infield, something's going to cause an injury. You know, maybe someone's going to do a celebration on the outfield wall. You know, the the postage stamp field is going to play a role in the game. Something weird or wacky nice. is going to happen with the, the Yankee Stadium atmosphere. And that's my bold prediction piece. I thought you were going to come out and say, you know, for the beginning of the game, Aaron Judge is going to come out and uh, <laughs> give a batting practice for the crowd and hit somebody in the head. Yeah. Oh, that's, one of his home that's runs. an idea. That's yeah. an idea. Either that or, you know, <laughs> they're going to give all the NYFC, NYCFC, NYCFCFC.com <laughs> players. They're all going to be on steroids that, you know, whatever Aaron Judge and Giancarlo Stanton, all the, whatever roids they're on, they're going to give to their players. That's another bold prediction. Ooh, that's a good one. I like that. <laughs> yes. PEDs. <laughs> oh, man. Good stuff, uh, Mr. Hammer. All right. That's it. That's it. Episode two of Guys in Shorts FC, and we are done. Anything else you want to add, Vic? Uh, just looking forward to next week, next week's game. I, I really want to see uh, what this team is um, in, in a second showing. Um, I think by the third game, we'll have a, a pretty good idea of you know who they are. Um, but yeah, yeah so I'm we'll excited see. to see round two. Yeah, was this a fluke, or, or can they keep building on it? Yeah, I'm excited exactly. for that. Exactly, exactly. All right. So that was Guys in Shorts FC. If you liked it, please rate and review. Tell a friend. If you didn't like it, we are the King's Realm Pod. Uh, and go ahead and make sure you give us, uh, you know, zero stars. So uh, just a little plug. If, if you're into the Los Angeles Kings, go ahead and check out uh, the King's Realm Podcast. They're part of our our network of podcasts and they cover all things Los Angeles Kings. You can find them on Twitter at, at Kings round pod. Uh, you can cover, find us covering all things, Los Angeles sports, everything else outside of the galaxy and LAFC. Cause they're probably going to be not want to hear all of, uh, all of us going, <laughs> doing a deep dive there. So you can always find them, uh, on their regular feed at, uh, guys in shorts la and then of course you could follow us at gis soccer show on twitter uh website coming soon but of course you could find us wherever you download podcasts and feel free to share rate review tell a friend and we will see you next week peace yeah.